psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. And, um, yeah, I had fun the last couple episodes telling, uh, telling that story, that four-part series. So if, you're, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's the uh, four-part, um, four-episode segment, I guess, uh, storytelling series. Um, I went down to the jungle, the Amazon jungle, and uh, participated in an ayahuasca ceremony. And uh, I told my, my journey to get there and, and what I, kind of how I got there and, and what led me to there and, and why I chose the, the place that I went to and the experience that I got out of it and, and just told a, a story. Um, so check that out if, if, you're, if you're interested in, in learning about ayahuasca. Um, I... I'm done with that like storytelling segment uh, part, but I think that like maybe I'll do this as a thing from now on. I mean, if I uh, go on another journey, I mean, uh, some people have asked me before. Um, last year, I, I spent uh, three months traveling around Southeast Asia, and I had some really cool times there. This past year, I was in Costa Rica for a month, so um, maybe I'll do like a little storytelling segment portion of the show moving forward and um yeah that could be fun so let me know if you want to hear that but um i guess i want to kick things off today just by saying thank you again thank you for listening and um please like share subscribe do all that stuff and um if you like the show if you're a fan of the show just um support me by writing a nice review and giving me a good rating on itunes um, it's a big help and, uh, it's kind of a, a little thing that you can do and, uh, and that's it. And yeah, just enjoy. So today I just want to talk about, um, a few things. One, um, one of the things that, that I, t- I want to talk about, I kind of briefly mentioned, uh, last week, my frustration with the law and, and people who are getting, arrested for marijuana and, and, and things like this. Um, and recently, uh, recently there was a vote to reschedule marijuana and they, you know, did not vote 
in the yay department of that. The, I, I, you know, it's, it's just, it's bureaucracy is, is what it is. It's this giant, big bureaucratic machine that we give power to, to make decisions for us. And they just totally have no clue and they don't care. And it's just, it's a, tr- a horrendous wreck. And it's like, I really do get frustrated with this because in a way it's, I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, I mean, we've been so ingrained in our brains. Even people that think that marijuana is, is, um, even not, not, not that they think that, but the people that are fighting for marijuana for scientific, therapeutic, holistic uses, even those people, I think, have a tendency to kind of think within the same mind, not this, not mind frame, but the same kind of, context as the people who are judging this and scheduling this think they're in a way kind of like stepping into their arena and playing by the rules of their game and and i i just reject that in 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 a way i mean it's like i i understand i think that's important i think people there's people that need to to do that and I think it's going to serve a purpose and I think it's a good thing and I'm glad those people out there fighting for us but I just don't know if it's going to really have the change that we want it to I mean right now I mean I'm talking about like you know the people are are, people are suffering you know people are really suffering beyond what any of us who are not suffering could possibly imagine people are getting uh, in serious trouble for smoking a plant and you know i say i like to say that because and yes i know i know it's a drug right but i i I don't like to use the word drug because the word drug has a negative connotation and we've been so like i said like i kind of alluded to we've been so like reinforced we've been so indoctrinated into believing that this is a in the same category um, has other quote unquote drugs and it's very tricky I mean it's it's really just semantics you know and one of the things I, I love you know the terms Terrence McKenna has said uh, was like reality is language and if you can control if you understand the language of reality, then you can control your own reality. And so much of what we live in is, a, is this structure that's been repetitively enforced to symbolically hold up these barriers and these kind of meanings that aren't real. They are by design, engineered, created to serve agendas. And it's just that they've been going on and on for so long. It's just like we, we, we really, you know, one of the things that humans, one of the things that us humans are really good at 
And one of the things that's really helped us survive on this planet and evolve is because we're, we're able to adapt to changing circumstances. So our pack-like adapting mentality, something that's helped us in the past, is actually kind of detrimental to us in certain aspects. You know, we've been told that marijuana is a drug and, and it's a bad drug. Um, once again, I mean, it's just this annoying, you know, rhetoric. I mean, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's a drug. It alters your consciousness, but it's a good, you know, it's a, it's a good drug. It's a plant. It's, you know, it's. But we've been, to we've been told these things and, you know, the way that we're wired is to go along with the herd, is to go along with the pack. Because to go against the pack is, you know, risking death, right? Like in the tribal hunter-gatherer way that we've been so used to for so many thousands of years it's only recently that we've be, be that we're in this kind of modern society we still have those tendencies and those tendencies are for us to be stressed out in 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 situations that involve predation you know if there's predators and and things around us we get stressed out you know group think to go with the group because the to go with the group means to survive together, to work together, and to adapt to changing circumstances. So when things change, we learn to change with those things. So for as long as we've been being told that, you know, marijuana is bad, it's a drug, it's, it, it does all these terrible things... You know, um, it's a schedule one drug. It, it serves no, you know, as long as these things keep getting repeated and repeated and repeated, and as long as children keep believing them or parents keep telling their children about, you know, about this and teachers and things like that, it just keeps being perpetuated in the culture. And we've adapted to go along with this story, you know, we've adapted to, so we don't stand out from our group because if we stand out from the group, that means that. We risk isolation, and isolation will sure enough lead to death, you know, in our primal nature of things. Not necessarily true now. No, you know, now more than ever, we need people to stand up. Isolation is the key. We need people to stand up and isolate themselves. And as, as Rick Doblin has, has said, and I made a, a YouTube video about this, come out of the psychedelic closet, you know, and I, and I refer to this a lot because I, I just believe it to be really, really powerful. You know, we need more people in prominent positions who are in the spotlight to come out and to speak out about how marijuana has helped them, why, you know, that they enjoy smoking marijuana. I mean, it's almost strange. It's strange to me that we kind of like, like it's tolerated uh, you know, Seth Rogen, you know, Snoop Dogg, people like this. It's like, yeah, they're like known pot smokers. They'll go on like Conan O'Brien. He'll be like, ah, oh, you, know, you got a reefer back there. And, you know, everyone kind of like, ha ha ha. Oh, he's high or something like that. Or, oh, it's a stoner movie or, or something. But, but then again, 
like there's a very real punishment that goes along with with this stuff and it's happening every day in the news you hear people getting arrested and getting in trouble for having marijuana you know teen serve facing multiple years in prison all kinds of things and and for the federal government not to recognize marijuana as as a um as as something that is a fundamental right for every person should they want to consume it or not you know and it's just it's really i mean you know it's it's very annoying and frustrating and kind of like i want to look at these celebrities and and these people these athletes and stuff and be like you know i want to call them out you know and michael phelps i mean the guy just won multiple new more gold medals in the olympics he was caught smoking pot like uh, a few years back or something like that did he like i think i don't even remember did he apologize or something but it's like that that's always what you get like he should have said you know what yeah, I do smoke pot and um, it didn't help me. It didn't hurt me. It actually helped me. And, uh, you know, the lesson here is that you can smoke pot and you can be an amazing Olympic athlete. And why isn't that kind of drug education being being put out into the public? Why isn't that in the public consciousness? You know, responsible use, you know, therapeutic and holistic value, like things that can, that can be done. It's just a horrendous tragedy that this stuff is being held back and, um, you know, and certain people, it's over. certain people can get away with it and certain people can't. And, and our culture doesn't promote a wisdom and knowledge around these things. Instead, it's kind of just like a side thing. It's okay for some people, you know. I mean, I I, I, I want to publicly like call out every single person who is in a prominent position in our world. Some people that have a, have a, attained um, a certain level of success where they have fans and followers and they have uh, a certain status where they have the spotlight on them where they can actually use that spotlight to say something important rather than the shit that we hear that we get, you know? I mean, it's absolute nonsense. I mean, instead of like half of the bullshit I don't even know what it is that you that you see and that you hear from these so-called celebrities that we worship I mean they, they, they should be the ones to be like fighting for what's right I mean do, do they have any moral compass do they have any integrity as a human being or have they just let their their fame and their power just get to them too much where they, they're just afraid. They can't speak out. Everything's cushy. Everything's good for them. They don't want to risk it, right? Think about the people that, that it's not good for, though. I mean, think about, the, like, think about the people right now in the Philippines. The new, the new Philippine uh, 
Filipino, Philippines, president of the Philippines, has basically ordered like a genocide. Anybody that's a suspected drug user is to be killed. There's like a massive tragedy happening right now. And I saw some people posting about this on Facebook and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty sad. But, you know, we're not far off. We're not far off from from this kind of stuff happening here. I mean, it's a little different. You know, we're not just executing people. Uh, That's essentially what's happening there. Um, let me, let me get the full details right here. So, a organization that I follow and you guys should follow too is, uh, we are the drug policy Alliance or simply drug policy Alliance. Um, they said they sent out, uh, or they had a Facebook post that said, stop the drug war massacre in the Philippines. Filipino president Rodrigo Duarte is encouraging law enforcement and even civilians to kill people suspected of selling or using drugs. More than 700 people have already been murdered. I mean, that, that's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. And, you know, here we, we have, you know, the DEA and the ATF and the, all these organizations that are busting skulls, kicking indoors, shooting dogs, confiscating people's possessions, locking people in cages, kidnapping people, you know. And then Malia Obama, the president's daughter, gets gets caught smoking a joint, and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know. All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. I mean, so clearly the way that it is. I mean, you want to... You want to smoke pot? You want to... You know, do... Do cocaine or, or whatever? Just be rich and famous and powerful. And you, can, you can do whatever you want. That's pretty much it. Right? Everybody else is uh, slaves. They're slaves. So it's it's just a it's a real shame, and you know, like I like I say a lot, and you know, I said last podcast the. Medical usage of marijuana, the therapeutic and holistic benefits are there. You know, CBD causes um, uh, CBD in marijuana, which is the second largest uh, chemical component uh, besides THC, is a non-psychoactive compound, is shown to help people with seizures and especially children with suffering from seizures. Um, if you go ahead and you can go on YouTube and you can watch Sanjay Gupta's, uh, CNN, a documentary about, um, 
about this and you'll see, you know, firsthand there's little girls that are, that are shaking and, and they're, they're convulsing and they're having seizures. And then when they're given CBD, the non-psychoactive component of marijuana, they're fine, you know. And one of the scientists in there um, talked about how, well, you know, the problem is that we can't really standardize it and we can't really, you know, how do we give it to people and how do we make sure that everybody has the same kind of uh, dosage? And it's like, look, you're trying to take something that just works. You know, you're trying to take something that just works and you're trying to make a whole mess of it. I, I mean, for thousands of years, indigenous cultures, tribal cultures, hunter-gatherer groups, indigenous peoples, they, they you have an ailment, maybe you, you, you eat something, maybe you drink something, maybe you smoke something, maybe there's, there's something available for you. I mean, like everybody's physiology is completely different. I think that this standardized method that we, this, you know, machine like culture that we've created is just not conducive to, to who we are as humans. You know, we want to, we want to put everything in this square box. We want to say, okay, this is the, the formula, this is the pattern, this is the data, this is the stats. And while that's all well and good for certain things, you know, that's not the be-all and end-all. You know, there's, there's a major hole. There's a gaping hole in our Western culture. And that gaping hole is there's no value and there's no respect for the mystical for the for the energy for the spiritual for the intangible for you know for the for the unexplainable for the enlightened for the you know there's just there's a void we think that we can just put everything into an Excel spreadsheet and then we have the answers and we're able to, well, I'll see clearly here that, uh, okay, you know, in, in, in what, in 50 years, finally, they're going to be like, okay, we've decided, uh, we're going to do marijuana. It's going to be schedule two now after the data and the, you know, I mean, what about all the people that are locked up and the people that are suffering from all kinds of ailments that, you know, marijuana can cure and not just marijuana, by the way, I mean, psychedelics as a whole, you know, I mean, the benefits that I received from, from ayahuasca are life changing. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. I want to, I want to talk about, um, just kind of my view of ayahuasca now and my relationship to it and how I'm integrating back into my regular life. There has been some challenges. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. I just want to finish up this this segment about the recent um, decision by the federal government, uh, by the DEA, to not reschedule marijuana. 
keep marijuana as a Schedule One drug, the same in the same category as heroin. I mean, we all know, we all know right now, keeping marijuana in the same category as heroin is absurd. There's, there's one thing, you know, that, that, uh, I guess that I can, I can say that, uh, from Bernie Sanders failed campaign that I agree with, and it is that it's, it's long overdue. Like that we need to put an end to this ban, this prohibition on marijuana. And if we want to get serious about, you know, private, you know, the prison industrial complex and, um, criminal justice reform and all this kind of stuff that they, the way, in the way that they word, you know, that's the way that they word it. I word it in a different way. I say that this is aggression upon peaceful human beings that want nothing else to do but to control their own minds and their own bodies in whichever way that they choose. It's a peaceful act of it's a it's a forceful act of aggression on peaceful people. It's a hostile criminal move by a criminal organization, otherwise known as the federal government. And it's you know, it's not it's not that there's just like, oh well there's just some knuckleheads in there and if we just got a couple of good guys in there it'll change. It's like no. This is what they're in business to do. If you wanna have if you if you want to have a global empire that rules the world, if you want to have the largest military on the face of the earth, if you want to have military bases in over 130 countries around the world, if you want to have the most the wealthiest nation, the most powerful, most dominating nation on the planet, then you need to have human beings being pushed into the machine that is this this giant bureaucratic meat grinder and some of them are just going to get fucked over and some of them aren't but you can't have people expanding their minds with mind altering uh, conscious expanding substances like marijuana and psilocybin and LSD. and You can't just have a free, peace-loving population. You can't have that because then the people will not be complacent. The people will not be compliant in this empire, you know. If you want to have a global dominating empire... You can't have. You cannot have an awakened population, because an awakened awakened population is a population of peace and love, and a population of little needs, little material needs. A population that is that is. It's in the moment. In the is, no longer dwelling about the past, no longer worried about the future, no longer chasing the carrot on the stick, no longer the, 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 the rat on the wheel. You know, there's a certain set of rules that you have to follow 
if you want to have a empire, if you want to have a global empire, I mean, which is what we have. You need certain things to work out a certain way. You know, and so it's just, um, the same story that's always happened time and time again. Average common people get stepped on, get chewed up and spit out, get shoved into the, the meat grinder. And rich, powerful people um, are okay. And no matter how much of an argument we make for legalization of marijuana federal you know to end the federal prohibition no matter how much of an argument we make for marijuana the fact of the matter remains people the 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 people that are you know we talk about the establishment right like in politics. Well, the you know, we say the establishment this and the establishment doesn't, you know, the establishment favors Hillary Clinton. And the establishment doesn't like Donald Trump and the establishment, you know, Bernie Sanders is outside the establishment. I never really seem to think about like what is the establishment? And the establishment is essentially the established order of things, the established power of of things and that's just the way it is no matter i mean it changes you know it changes throughout history i mean you, you know mainly the the central bankers or the the money changers they stay uh they seem to stay in power but as industries change and technology changes you know then different people rise and fall and and you know so on and, and whatever but the people who make up the establishment are the people who are currently profiting and making a living off of the way that things are I mean, you know, think about it. You know, think about the, for example, think about uh, what happened in New York when Uber came to New York. Now, Uber is far better. Is Uber is great. Uber is a, a fantastic service. It, you, you have, you can, you can sit there and you can say, well, you know, look, here's the statistics. Here's the data. Uber saves people money. Uber saves people time. Uber's more efficient. Um, it's more cost effective. Uh, Uber creates less pollution. Whatever you know, you can present all the facts, and, and you can say, "Wow, Uber really is better than having yellow taxi cabs. Uber is actually a better way for people to to get around and to travel in urban areas." But they don't care about that. The establishment doesn't care. The established order of the way that things are in New York with the taxi cab union and, and whatnot, as far as they're seeing it, they're, they see 
a dem- they see a loss of jobs, a loss of money, a loss of livelihood, a loss of meaning, a loss of uh, power, control, you know? Disruptive technologies coming in and just totally shattering the mold. You know, we, ex- we, we, we say that's okay for certain things. You know, and we even encourage it. And in Silicon Valley, it's all about destructive, uh, disruptive, disruptive technologies and, and whatnot, you know. But what about, forget about the materialistic realm. What about the, the spiritual realm? Where's the, where's the disruptive spiritual technology? I mean, it's right in front of us. It's here. It's been here. It's been here for as long as we've been on the planet. We've had, we've had these wonderful plant medicines. And it's only when we learn how to understand that we can't fully understand everything that we can make any sort of progress. And, and really, that's going to take some time it's going to take time it's going to take time for you know people to these people to kind of just weed get out of society you know this kind of ego driven maniacal power dominating kinds of people to, to just kind of weed weed them out of society i mean it's it's you're not going to be able to sit down a person like a like a dick cheney or i don't even know who's in who's in charge of the federal regulation uh, on marijuana I don't even know who it is but whoever he is you're not going to be able to sit down with this person and tell them and convince them you know change their mind it's just not going to happen you know we're still sucked in to this old paradigm And it's it's crazy to me because it just it seems like everybody knows, but it, you know it's it's this kind of like ah what are you gonna do kind of attitude you know, and just to be clear, um, you know, a lot of times people think, well you're just you know you're just some kind of hippie and you all you care about is smoking pot. That's actually not true uh, at all, <laughs> okay? Just because I want to see people live free and be able to make free choices over their own lives doesn't mean that I'm a hippie and that I, all I want to do is smoke pot. I mean, you know, it's, I don't think that's, that's true. And I actually, to be honest, I haven't really smoked pot in over two months. It just hasn't really called to me. I don't know. So, you know, the established order of power of things, they always make things difficult for the new guy, you know? Like the, you know, Uber coming into New York City, you know, the taxi cab drivers, they don't care. They don't care. They just know we want things to remain the way they are. 
We don't care about what's good for the people. We don't care about anything else. We, we only, the established order of power of things, only wants to stay in power, to have their livelihood remain intact, to keep the money and the control, and to keep things the way they are. It's only until enough people are able to get on board with the new disruptive technology and are, and are able to say, yes, let's make a change that things can change. You know, I, I, I tweeted something out the other day. I was like, you know, if you, if you really want to see change in this country, turn off your television and get into the streets. I just, you know, realistically, is that going to happen? Probably not. But, but if that were to happen, if, just hypothetically speaking, imagine if everybody just said no. <laughs> you know, like Nancy Reagan's uh, anti-drug campaign, just say no, right? Well, turn that on, turn it on, uh, turn it over against them. <laughs> turn it against them. Just say no to them. Like, if everybody just, and, you know, hypothetically speaking, because obviously, you know, this is not going to happen tomorrow, but let's just say tomorrow, everybody, or let's rather Monday, say, let's say Monday, everybody got up and said, you know what? I'm not going to work today. I'm just going to go out in the street. And, um, you know, we all just decided to do that. Every 319 people in America decided that they were just going to get up and they were just going to say no. And they were just going to peacefully resist. Look, we're not going to hurt anyone. We're not going to cause any trouble. We're not going to, we don't have any weapons. We're not going to, we're not even going to protest. We're just going to say no. We're going to opt out. Shit would change. Fast. But, <laughs> there's a cat, I mean... Shit would change fast because you, you've achieved that level of consciousness within humanity that was able to muster up the courage and the, and the awareness to, to shut off their television and to get out onto the street and to not attend their job and just to say no. I mean, if you've already, if each individual was able to really sincerely feel that and believe that within themselves, then we've already won, you know, <laughs> things will definitely change if that is the case. But, um, people have to want them to change. That's another thing. It's not necessarily about the, it's not just strictly on the on the government's end of things, you know, with their with their rules and their regulations. I mean, they're largely responsible, but the government responds a lot to the culture in a way. You know, we 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 are to a certain extent, even though a lot of people are in favor of you know decriminalizing marijuana and legalizing it. There's still a minority that does not want this, this to happen. And if you, you could see with the NRA, the NRA is, is a mi minority group, but they're still, you know, they're still very well, they're still very powerful and have a lot of influence.
So there's still a portion of the population that that allows this to happen. You know, government can only really do what we allow them to do, what we what we take, what we say, okay, go ahead. You know, we kind of like reluctantly resign and just acquiesce to whatever it is. Just, yeah, all right. You know, we just become complacent and just think that this big bureaucratic machine is out of our control and we just let it run wild. We, we let it run wild. And in the process, people suffer. And that's what is important here. You know, and um, it's just a tragedy. So it's not about whether it's not, it's not like, oh, you know, these dummies, they just don't get it. Don't they see? You know, there's no deaths related to marijuana. You can't overdose. It helps people with seizures, and it's been shown to uh, help people with um, cancer and 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 uh, diabetes and, and all these other things: depression and sleep, anxiety. It helps people relax. Uh, helps helps people with cancer who. Um, have loss of appetite and, and things like that. They, they regain their appetite again. You know, people with glaucoma, um, just a million different uses, a holistic approach to healing, a, a, a unbelievable miracle plant. You know, these religious people, they want to talk about miracles. I mean, this is it. You know, you want to talk about religious miracles and spiritual things i mean look they don't want to they don't really want to look to the real stuff but if you want to look to the real stuff it's right here it's growing out of the earth the earth is basically saying here take this work with me let's work together here to make things good so it's not about you know this stuff oh if they don't they see they just don't understand it has all these medical benefits. Don't they see? They just, they don't understand it. You know, look at how much tax revenue it generates. Don't they get it? No. They make way more money from the war on drugs. They make way more money from the prison industrial complex. They make way more money from the military industrial complex. They make way more money on this stuff. I mean, you know, what is a gang? What is a drug dealer? What is a drug? Why are certain things okay and others not? Who decides? Other than you, nobody should decide. But we have a group of people that are at the helm, that are in power, intoxicated and addicted to power and control and money. And they want to keep things the way they are. And that's the reason why... Marijuana will not be rescheduled, and that's the reason why these things are, are not changing. The only, the only thing that has changed and the only kind of silver lining in all of this um, is that they uh, did 
they did um, say that the the drug the drug enforcement agency the DEA uh, announced their intention to grant licenses to additional marijuana growers for research you know thereby ending their their you know over 50 year or so monopoly on uh on marijuana medical marijuana research so that that's a silver lining i guess if you want to try and find one you know um So, I guess, you know, there's, there's some positive in this. Uh, there's, there's at least one thing that we can say that happened was, uh, was okay. But um, still, it shouldn't be this difficult, you know. I mean, just imagine if, if it wasn't marijuana that we were talking about. Imagine if it was something else, right? I mean, I... I tweeted out something not too long ago that was um, basically a bunch of statistics on the leading causes of death in America. Um, what what they were the and you know let's just say for example right, right like uh, so heart disease I think kills like seven hundred thousand people or something like that a year. Right, because the, the the easy ones to compare it to are alcohol and cigarettes. You know, people say, "Well, alcohol is legal," and you know, alcohol kills eighty eight thousand. Like, you know, and I, I once again, I've made a video about this: the war on drugs, what they don't want you to know, coming out of the psychedelic closets on YouTube. You can go and find it. Um, but in there, you know, I give stats about about this kind of stuff, and it's like, it just baffles my mind that. It's the conditioning is really what it is. I mean, you, the people, people are, are, are just functioning in this trance-like dream state. They're just going along with everything that they've heard and what the media tells them and what the government tells them. And it's, you know, it, it, it ruins things for a lot of other people. It, it limits progress. You know, the, the progress that we think that we're having is not really progress at all. I mean, who, progress for who? You know, for what? What what is what are all of these advancements that we have happening right now in our society? I mean, who are they benefiting? What are they good for? When we have tremendous amounts of problem, disease, obesity, um, cancers, depression, suicide, ADHD, all these things, and nobody's looking at the root cause. Nobody's looking at the fundamental nobody's nobody really wants to look in the mirror essentially is what it is. Nobody wants to look at the actual cause of these things and the and the true and the solutions that that that, that are right there for for the taking. Now once again, so you know we're all at, we're all like a, a bunch of little slaves, you know, just being like, oh, please let us, you know, please, uh, I hope, can you reschedule, please, can you please let us do what we like to do, can I be a, a can I be a free person, please? I mean, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. 
we have to ask mommy and daddy if we can oh I'm, I'm hurting and I heard there's a thing that can help me can I use it no I can't oh okay you know, this guy's uh, on the Sanjay Gupta CNN special. This guy's daughter is having seizures, and this fucking fat prick, Chris Christie, won't pass legislation to allow for his daughter to have medical marijuana treatments of CBD, the non-psychoactive form. So, once again, these people are evil. These bureaucrats. This this state is a it's a gang. You know, they, they, they arbitrarily decide what is good and what is bad, what keeps them in power, what their cronies and their friends have interests in, and they don't care about you. They don't care about any of us uh, at all. Um, meanwhile, you know, there's... Millions of people just getting fucked over, killed, kidnapped, you know. So, the fight is for cognitive liberty, cognitive freedom, you know. The, the, the right to consume what you wish to consume, the right to alter your consciousness to, to your mind. I've said this before on the podcast, but, you know, the things only change when enough people make noise you know when you when you go out in the streets like i said before and the same way that black people have fought for civil rights and women fought for you know women's rights and gay people have fought for equal rights this is the most important fight of our time this is mind rights if we don't fight for the right to own our own minds and to control our own consciousness and therefore form our own reality, to unleash our own power, to awaken to our own strength, you know, we're going to be slaves, uh, even worse than, than before, because we're entering a time where things are changing. And like I said, humans are very adaptable and that's how we've survived. We've been able to adapt to changes and I don't want to adapt to the changes that, that, that the, the state authority wants us to in our, you know, corporate state masters uh, are are plotting and planning to change things to sure we can adapt to them but it won't be good for us it hasn't been good for us you know we live in a sick in an, in an insane world and as long as the people allow it to happen um things are never going to change so we each need to kind of individually awaken and only then will we be able to you know start to make make some changes all right well hopefully that wasn't too much to to get through a little bit of um a little tangential but uh Maybe I'm mimicking one of my uh, one of my inspirations, one of my heroes, uh, Dr. Uh, Christopher Ryan of Tangentially Speaking. If you're not familiar with uh, Dr. Christopher Ryan, he's uh, author of the book Sex at Dawn, and he's got a forthcoming book, um, Civilized to Death, and he's got his own podcast, Tangentially Speaking. Um, cool dude. So... So yeah, so 
I just want to talk a little bit about kind of now, you know, I want to talk about like integrating back into my world, coming back into my regular life. I've been back from the Amazon jungle for, I think this is maybe the fifth week now. So a month and a half. And I'll talk to you a little bit about like what it's like now to be back, you know, what I've learned and kind of what I've been doing. And honestly, just right off the top of my head, it's the last couple of days I've actually felt to be a little bit stressful, a little, um, a little difficult. You know, when I was in the, when I was in the Amazon, I was there for like 15 days and, uh, it was really nice not to be constantly, not to have a phone constantly buzzing, not to get notifications all the time, checking email all the time, that sort of thing. And that's really been kind of my biggest downfall uh, since being back. But since being back, I've, talking about my experience has been really good. Um, I've developed a, a daily practice. Well, I haven't developed it, but I've, I've I'm partaking in a daily practice of breathing exercises. I signed up for the Wim Hof program. If you don't know who Wim Hof is, he's called the Iceman. Wim Hof, the Iceman. Uh, he's a pretty incredible guy. Basically, his story is um, his, uh, his wife committed suicide, jumped out of an eight-story window. After that, he felt like he had no, nothing in his life to, to live for. He had questions. He, he, he searched for the meaning for things. And so he cultivated this kind of inner strength. Or not really cultivated an inner strength, but he kind of tried to find some kind of inner peace within himself because he didn't really understand you know, what it is. Anyway, you can go check it out. You can watch his story. Vice did an excellent documentary on him. I think it was called Becoming the Iceman or something like that. He holds Guinness Book of World Records for being submerged in ice for like three hours and um, not having his core body temperature change. He climbed Mount Everest in just his shorts. Uh, he's like a really crazy, phenomenal guy. Like just amazing. So, and he's, uh, he's done uh, the universities have done scientific uh, studies and tests on him where they injected him with an endotoxin and essentially like a poison in his body and his body isn't he was able to like actually have control over his immune system response to reject it and to fight it off and he's trained this technique his Wim Hof technique which includes breathing and cold exposure and control over your autotomic nervous system to students of his and they've gone through the same things that he's gone through and they were able to prove the results that he's proved so it's really incredible I'm doing this every day I'm in my third week now uh, finishing up the third week and I'm really I'm loving it it feels amazing uh, and it's really helped me I've always been searching for, you know, a lot of people have said that starting your day is, in the right way is very important, you know, like making sure that you have kind of a daily practice that you start in the morning that, that you can do. So this has really helped. Uh, every morning I wake up and um, I put the, I go, you know, I put my laptop in the living room and I put the Wim Hof program on and it's cool because he's 
sitting there, uh, you know, in the, in the, in a room with like seven other people. So you kind of feel like you're there with him and these other people. And, uh, it includes doing stretches and meditating, but the breathing part is really the most. So the breathing component of it is the part that I really get most excited about. It's three or four rounds sometimes, uh, so far of doing like 30, 40, sometimes even 50 inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And on the final one you exhale and then you don't inhale anymore. So you're not like, it's not, it's not like you're sucking air in and you're holding your breath. You're retenting from breath. And so far, I think the longest I've ever done was two minutes and 40 seconds of retenting from breath. So it's no air in the lungs, no air at all in the lungs. It's like, it's like doing a drug. It's like, you know, it's like, it's a, it's almost like a drug. It's like being high. Um, you get like really tingly, lightheaded. You feel very luminous, like in the body, light energy shooting through and, and things like that. It's really cool. And I've been doing it uh, and it's pretty, you know, it's pretty amazing. And then there's stretches that go along with it and there's meditation practices that go along with it. Each week there's different things. So I highly recommend checking that out. It was about 200 bucks for the program. I think it's well worth it and I'm loving it. And this is actually one of the things, the only real daily practice that I've been able to stick to for three weeks going on four now. Uh, any other daily practice that I've tried to do, I've always fallen off after like a, a week or two, but this has been great and I'm, I'm loving it. So that's really helped me stay grounded within the temple, uh, the, 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 the ayahuasca kind of mind state, you know, that I was in when I was there. And when I, when I, when I come back from my ayahuasca trip, I was able to kind of naturally just maintain that level of consciousness for the, the next week or so afterwards. But it wasn't until I really started, you know, I think it, it kind of fades away a little bit. So you really have to kind of work on integrating that, that, that level of consciousness, that awakening awareness. And I, I really do feel, uh, I feel awakened, you know, no doubt about it. I, I've been reading uh, Gabor Mate's books. Uh, I've been uh, just recently started a book by Ad. I hope I'm saying this right. Ad Adya Shante, and I never heard about him before, but he's a spiritual teacher. Adya Shante. It's called The End of Your World. Um, how to what to do after awakening, and it's been really good. And uh, I've watched some of his videos. And. You know, I know this podcast is mycadelic and, you know, all that stuff. And while that's all well and good, I haven't felt the need or the urge or the calling to really take any psychedelics or to even smoke marijuana. And I've actually eliminated beef and pork from my diet completely. I haven't had that in probably two months. Um... I really haven't had alcohol at all, except for at a friend's wedding. And yeah, I, I feel like I've lost some weight. My diet has definitely changed. I try and have a, like a green smoothie every day and I've been eating a lot of salads, very lean. So that, this is the way that I've been maintaining my, uh, ayahuasca awareness. You know, the, what I've, what, you know, how I'm integrating back into the world. 
uh, has been, you know, not, it's not easy, uh, especially it's, it's not easy in New York City. And, you know, for the things I do, I'm on a, another podcast called Part of the Problem. We talk about news and politics. And, um, you know, it's tough to, uh, it's easy to get frustrated and to get sucked into that world. You know, it's, it's really easy. And I'm really trying to maintain a safe distance and not get sucked in and not kind of take it personally and get upset and frustrated I think that uh, you know it's all about the daily practice it's all about being consciously aware of what you're doing in the moment and recognizing what you're doing all the time, you know, to be awakened, to be enlightened, uh, to be, to have such a profound experience and then to come back into a not, not a profound environment or not a enlightened environment to navigate those waters is not going to be easy, but to recognize that it's not going to be easy is where the strength comes from. It's, I recognize that this will not be easy. I recognize when I'm on my phone too much i recognize why you know it's 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 the more i have i feel like i have more awareness in the moment and i'm able to consciously say oh okay i'm feeding into the bullshit that they want me to be sucked into all right let me put this down <sighs> let me take a few conscious breaths you know that's all it really takes if you feel yourself getting sucked into something that you don't want to get sucked into, you know, it's emails or notifications on Twitter or Facebook stuff or, you know, people texting you or calling you or whatever it is, or, you know, maybe you have the television on for too many, you're watching Fox news for too long or whatever. As long as you consciously become aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you want to change that, behavior if you want to stop it you know just take a few conscious breaths it's all it really takes it just a few deep fully in deep breaths yeah okay and then proceed you know you can go back to what you were doing or you can change what you were doing it's up to you it's all about how you want to feel you know what what call what calls to you what makes you feel alive? What makes you feel dead? You know, what makes you feel zombified? What makes you feel thrilled and passionate? You have to move in those directions and you'll know, you know, you'll know what it is. You, but as long as you're staying conscious, you know, so many times there's so many things happening in our lives that we, you know, we, we feel almost like we're on autopilot and, you know, maybe we do things and we go, oh, I can't believe I did that or, or why did I do that? So just try and limit that from happening as much as you can. And I'm definitely trying. And, and one of the things that, that I, I mentioned before, but then I, I, I don't know, I started talking about something else. I'm just saying like, you know, I know this is about, you know, psychedelics, psychedelics and this and that. And 
you know, I've had great experiences and fun. I think now um, I kind of understand. I understand more of like that spiritual element. I understand that sustained, consistent spiritual element where I used to, I think I used to kind of laugh at it a little bit and I, I was more in the realm of, or in the camp of like, you know, McKenna who just says like, you know, you take an active compound and it has an effect on you and, you know, that's the real thing. And I think, you know, yeah, I think that's true. And I think maybe that's how I got here. But I feel more interested in learning from kind of spiritual, awakened, enlightened teachers like, you know, this Adya Shante uh, guy and, and uh, Ram Das uh, type of people. Because if I remember correctly, in one of Ram Das's uh, talks, he talked about how when in the 60s when he was experimenting with LSD that they would just get so high all the time but the high would you would always come down there's always the come down he said like they tried to maintain it they tried to say like okay how how can we just make this thing just last and just go all the way through there's no real way to do that and then he found that kind of be here now that buddha way and I think that, uh, you know, Wim Hof talks about our inner fire, cultivating our inner fire. We have a tremendous amount of power within us, and it's all about knowing how to, to use that. So that's more appealing to me now. I feel I'm more, I'm more interested in learning how to gain control and to have power over my own energy and my own consciousness and uh you know going deep within to uh unlock things that i i didn't know i could do you know with this wim hof thing retenting from breathing you know two minutes and 40 seconds without any air in the lungs i mean that's that's pretty cool i, I didn't know i could do that and the feeling is pretty unbelievable so I'm interested in, in going about that and, and I'm, I'm learning to kind of integrate my, my ayahuasca experience, the profound experiences that I've had into my daily life, um, into everything that I do to be more consciously aware, to be living more in the moment, to be less distracted. And it's hard. It's hard. I, I've been thinking about potentially just maybe putting my uh, self my cell phone plan like on hold or something just kind of like maybe test out like a month without a cell phone you know I think that would be interesting but I definitely uh, it's definitely been tough in New York I, I, f I feel the call to be in nature more um, I, I do feel kind of frustrated with uh, all the concrete and the noise and everything it's getting to me a little bit more so We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, everything is what it is and uh, everything happens as it happens. And uh, I'm not really uh, nervous or worried or afraid. It's just a matter of uh, learning. I actually read a really good book recently called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. So check that out. It's really good. And one of the things that he says is always be the student. 
you know always be like the child like mind of curiosity and wonder and, and imagination as long as you maintain that you'll be able to stay humble and, and do do amazing things and you know Ryan Holiday is a is a, an author he's about I think he's like 28 or 29 He's, I just want to say before we wrap, like there's a lot of people out there who are in our generation, this millennial generation that we have, you know, people from age 18 to 35, I guess it is. I don't know. But, you know, you see these lists of like, you know, people to look up to and it's like, you know, Lena Dunham and like Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, go, you know, give me a break, man. Go fuck off with that shit. Celebrities, like entrepreneurs. I mean... This is what we value. Like, what about wisdom? What about, like I've mentioned before, that the the spiritual void. Our generation is in some serious need for some wise spiritual leaders. Um, I really think this guy Ryan Holiday is uh, is one of them. So go check out. He's written uh, great books. One uh, on like stoicism, which is called "The Obstacle Is the Way." And Ego is the Enemy is his latest one, and it's really good. Uh, it's really good. So that was it. That That's going to conclude this week's episode. Um, it's good to be back in the studio. I, f- I felt a little uh, I felt a little kind of like almost out of place today. So I hope, uh, I hope this episode was good. I hope you guys liked it. But um, I kind of felt myself like stumbling around a little bit and not as prepared as I'd like to be. But anyway, listen, we got to talk about the, uh, the DEA and their failure and, you know, the corruption of, of the establishment and government and how much they suck. And then I was able to give you guys a little bit of a peek into my world and how I'm integrating coming back from my ayahuasca experience. Uh, once again let me know what else you guys want to hear what you want to talk about uh hopefully if things go according to plan we'll have a great guest on next week and uh yeah if you like the show please go and subscribe and um share it like it and spread the word and uh leave me a nice review on itunes and uh yeah that's it peace